Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Good morning. It's a beautiful evening. It's cool. It's clear. And the moon is brightly shining. You're taking your sweetheart out for dinner to a favorite restaurant. Your table is ready in a quiet corner with a view of a beautiful garden. The candles are lit. The cut flowers are fresh. It doesn't get any better than this. Or, or does it? A young man comes up to you and greets you, introduces himself and says, I'll be your server this evening. As I thought not too long ago about how wonderful it is to sit at a quiet table in a restaurant with my wife and have someone serve us, I began to carry this image a bit further. Imagine waking up on any morning only to be greeted by a voice that says, Good morning, my name is, and I'll be your server today. What would you like for breakfast? You know, I've heard it was said by C.S. Lewis. I also heard it was said by Mark Twain. Either one is a good choice. It's about forgiveness. Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have someone to forgive. I think it could also be said about service. Everyone thinks service is a lovely idea until they have someone to serve. But that's not completely true. There are people who love to serve. They have the service gene. From the earliest days of their life, they have found pleasure and fulfillment in doing things for others. These people were gifted by God for service. In his day, Jesus turned the popular thinking about the place of service on its head when he washed his disciples' feet. He then told them that anyone anyone who wanted to be truly great in his kingdom would have to be the humblest servant of all. Jesus made service a priority behavior of his kingdom. I would dare say that Jesus' teaching on this subject is still challenging, especially in a culture like ours that seeks to be served. The Greek word for service is diakonia, and it always refers to a practical and tangible response to a need. The word is clearly illustrated in Acts 6, 1-6, and the choosing of the seven deacons from the text that was read earlier in our worship today. The Christian community was in the business of serving from the get-go. It was to serve the needs of all its people, and there was a daily distribution of food to those who happened to be widows. For some reason, the believing Greek widows were being overlooked in the distribution. This oversight was brought to the attention of the apostles of Jesus, who were the overseers in the church of Jerusalem. The disciples told those who saw this problem to choose from among the believing Greek men seven who were men of faith and integrity who would become the deacons. They would serve all the widows. These deacons became the practical response to the need of the community to serve all the people. These deacons, and two in particular, became the leaders in the church and were used by God in some remarkable ways. Stephen proclaimed the faith boldly, even to the point of his own death. 
Philip proclaimed the faith boldly so that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ was spread to the nations of Africa. Essentially here, the Holy Spirit was following through on the proclamation Jesus made to his disciples when he said, the greatest in his kingdom would be the servants. While Jesus' teaching is particularly clear concerning the place of servers, finding biblical servers is not an easy task. This is because most servers prefer to be behind the scenes, doing what is needed to take care of others, including those who are in the public spotlight. Note how often we find Jesus and his disciples in the Gospels in some location where he is teaching or performing miracles. How many times do we find anything said about where they will be staying? Who prepares the meals they will be eating? Who prepares the sleeping places? Who hosts them? There is one example that does stand out. Her name is Martha. Martha, the sister of Lazarus and Mary, was a servant. Though we must admit that most of the time, the emphasis on her service was that she missed out on something even more important, stopping, sitting, and listening to Jesus teach in her home. But I think Martha has gotten a bad rap. This one incident with Jesus, and we know there were many incidents of Jesus staying in the home of Martha, Lazarus, and Mary, is virtually all we have to go on. But I would bet that Jesus loved the hospitality, the cooking, and certainly the service that Martha extended to he and his disciples. I would assume that more than once Jesus said to Martha something like this, You make us feel so at home here. You are so hospitable. Thank you. We don't have those texts that I'm imagining. But even in the text we do have, we can find something to learn about this spiritual gift of serving, or a gift that I call the doer. Listen to John 12, 1 through 2. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Some ponderings. There is no indication at all that Martha was viewed by others, nor that she viewed herself in some subservient way. What can be assumed is that she probably planned the menu, cooked the meal, set the table, and served her guests. Martha Martha showed hospitality. It was her gift. A server, number one, a server enjoys being hospitable. Martha served. Whenever we announce a guest missionary or a traveling group is coming, there are certain people in this church that I know who will want to open their homes for them. Servers love to welcome people, to invite them home, to serve them. In fact, I know of some people throughout my years of ministry who have purchased or remodeled homes just to accommodate the serving hospitality gift that God has given to them. Praise God. Listen now to Luke 10, beginning in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, that is to Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will be not taken away from her. Some ponderings again. We see that Martha opened her home, verse 38. She opened her home for Jesus and his disciples. She showed them hospitality. Martha's way of showing love was in doing things that served others. She was willing to sacrifice being in the same room with Jesus as he was teaching so that she could express her love by making everything ready for the meal that would follow. She wanted him blessed. A server, number two, shows love through deeds. One of the main reasons my mother frequently would say to me, actions speak louder than words, was because she was a server. It's not because she didn't or wouldn't say, I love you. That happened also regularly. But she was energized. She was fulfilled. She was happiest when she was serving. There were very few Sundays in my childhood that we didn't have someone over for dinner after worship service at church. There were very few missionaries that came to First Covenant in Seattle that didn't stay in our home. I got to know more traveling pastors and evangelists because they always stayed with us. And this kind of love through deeds continued into my parents' late 80s, hosting people in their apartment at Covenant Village in Plantation, Florida, during the 23 years they lived there. Number three, a server sees service as a priority. Martha wanted everything to be exactly right. She also knew that she needed help so this could happen. She felt that this should be a priority. I'm married to a servant, and she's an excellent servant. I am a sometimes servant. Frankly, I'm just as happy having people come over and visit any time, even if everything isn't picked up and put away. But in our home, it will not be that way, because our service is to be a priority and the distractions are to be removed. If I didn't cooperate in this serving style, I would inhibit the gift in Carolyn. This is not a matter of doing it her way. It's a matter of don't inhibit her gift. Those of you who are married to servers, you know what I mean. You see, a server enjoys showing hospitality. A server shows love through deeds. A server sees serving as a priority. And I remind you that Jesus gives serving the highest rating. Listen to what he said again in Matthew 23, 11. The greatest among you must be a servant. But I also wish to say today that Those who serve are not perfect. The truth is that servers often have shortcomings. As with all the spiritual gifts, a server has his or her own typical problem areas. This morning I will raise up three of these that can happen to those who are gifted by God as servants. I do this to help servers to identify and face potential flaws and with God's help overcome them. Number one. A server can be critical of others who do not help out with what seems to be obvious needs. 
This is the part of Martha that is mostly raised by preachers and teachers in our text for today. Servers struggle with becoming critical of others who don't serve, at least don't serve the way they want them to serve. Servers can often fail to realize that there are many ways that people serve others. People serve in leadership. And Jesus' leadership style for us is, after all, servant leadership. People serve as members of the choir or the worship team. People serve by teaching Sunday school or other classes where a lot of prep time is required to teach well. People serve in a great number of ways. Martha struggled with this. She became overoccupied and thus distracted in her service and did not recognize that Mary was also serving as a learner from Jesus. Martha didn't recognize that she was actually wanting Mary to serve her, to serve her agenda, to serve her need to serve, her need to have things done her way and done in her time. Number two, a server can find it hard to accept being served by others. Many years ago in a church I was serving, there was a large group of elderly widows. They had served in the church their entire life in amazing and significant ways. They cared for people who were sick, who had suffered the death of a loved one, who had lost a job, who had been sidelined by a surgery, and on the list went. They were wonderful at serving people who were hurting. But during my years with them, I found them the most difficult people to serve in their time of need. First, they didn't let us know when they needed help. They kept it to themselves. Secondly, they didn't want people to do anything for them. And thirdly, they complained when people didn't do anything for them. One of my roles with that wonderful and conflicted group of widows was to help them recognize that they serve other people when they allow the other people to serve them, to prepare a meal for them, to visit them when they were in need. Sadly, only a few of them understood and accepted that truth. But the ones who did found a new joy in their Christian walk that blessed others as well as they allowed them to be served. And third, a server can be easily hurt when unappreciated. This is very tough, but it's so easily resolved. First, the server needs to remember that this is God's gift given to them by the Holy Spirit, and God honors and blesses servers. They are doing their serving from the heart of God to other people, no matter the people's response or lack of response. And second, for those of us who are served, we need to remember to thank and bless those who have served us. And here at Bethany, there are so many to thank for their service. Expressing thanks to ushers and greeters who help us as we enter for worship, I can hardly wait till that happens again. I can hardly wait to thank them. Express thanks to the teachers who teach our children and our youth and us adults. Express thanks to the choir and the music teams and all who help us in worship every Sunday. Express thanks to the lawn and garden teams that keep the grounds in such beautiful condition. Express thanks to the fellowship and service team that prepares refreshments after worship. Oh, do I miss those. I can hardly wait. 
We are to express thanks to those who serve. That's our role. I have a crucial caution here, one that I've seen acted out so many times. Do not let, let your primary gift put you in a box, the box I call, this is what I do. It's another way of saying, this is all I can do, or this is who I am. When God calls you to a job, Outside the sphere of your motivational gift, he will also give you the anointing, that is, the desire, the tools, the energy, and the passion that will enable you to do the job requested. Remember this. This is crucial. This is deep and mature theology. The anointing of the Holy Spirit supersedes the giftedness of the Holy Spirit. It's important to remember that these are not my gifts, nor are they your gifts. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that can be given to us at any moment and for any need or purposes that God wishes to meet. While each of us has a primary tendency for a particular gift of the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit to give what is needed for anything God wills, for us or through us for others. That thought gets my juices going if we would only let the Holy Spirit have free reign in our lives. With that in mind, let's consider for a moment, in closing, what it means to become apt at serving. Number one, pray God's help to see obvious needs. 1 John 3.17 If anyone has material possession and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Who of us Christians, followers of Jesus, doesn't agree that we've been blessed with the love of God and to know it personally? That being so, note this. It's the love of God in us that helps us see needs in other people. The love of God. Pray God's help to see obvious needs. Second, pray God's help to listen for expressed needs. In Exodus 3, 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. The Lord declares, I have seen the misery. That's listening by observation. The Lord declares, I've heard them crying out. That's listening by hearing. A key sign of maturity in us as Christians Maturity from potential to actual, maturity from image to likeness, is that we become better listeners. The litmus of our faith is not just that we listen to God, but that we listen to one another, including those who are not yet followers of God's Son, Jesus, and especially those who are crying out for help in life. Remember what Jesus said. What you do for the least of these, you do for me. Third, pray God's help to practically respond to those obvious and expressed needs. Turn with me to James 2, beginning in verse 15. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, 
is dead. The key here is about doing nothing. What we say is not what's ultimately important. What we believe is not the key. It's what we do that authenticates our faith in and relationship with God's Son, Jesus, and His work to be done here on earth. I give you the words of the Apostle Paul, written in chapter 4 of his letter to the church at Ephesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, part A. Amazing text many of us have memorized. But there's one more sentence, one that is seldom included, one I have reminded you of before and I will say again. Listen to it. He, that is God, has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. May we serve, and may we serve well. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for serving us with life and in life with the magnificence of your creation. Thank you, Jesus, for teaching us the importance of service by your example and also by your concise words that you came not to be served but to serve and to give your life as a ransom for many. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the gift of service and in our life at Bethany for all the incredible people you have empowered with service. Help us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to be a servant church, not only for one another, but most especially in the neighborhoods and the workplaces and the schools where we live. May this community, the community of Bethany and the greater community of Berlin, be blessed by our lives to your glory through Jesus Christ living through us. Amen.